Hello and welcome to Release the Clowns. It's a very special edition of the show because this is the season opener for season four. Um, and that, that's why we've come to uh, the, the capital of Belgium, Brussels, for an enormous party. Uh, yeah, um, I, at the moment I'm, I'm the only person who's got a microphone near that. Alex has climbed a steeple. I, I don't know what he's hoping to achieve. Oh, he's doing an impression. He's, we're in the main town square. He's doing an impression of the famous little boy having a whiz into a fountain, but he's doing it off the top of one of the buildings. Oh, Alex, you are. That's brilliant. And uh, we got Holly. Well, she can't talk because she's got a mouthful of chips. She's having a chip eating contest with the local Belgian champion. Um, we've got uh, Karen and Casper uh, and uh, Gemma have, have drunk so much Parvel Quack, which is a very, very strong beer here, made by monks or something. They, they've tr drunk so much, they're all unconscious in a pool of their own. Well, anyway, uh, so it's mayhem here. And I'm, I'm going to go off now and. and just have some fun too. I'm going I'm to get myself as trolleyed as them. Uh, so uh, what can I say? Release the clowns, season four. I am so, so honored to receive the inaugural Having It All Award on the eve of my 50th birthday. I have dedicated my life to proving that by subjugating my own needs constantly, it is possible to be the best woman, wife, mother, friend, and daughter, and pursue a career, conform to social beauty norms, and remain relevant into middle age and beyond. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank a few people. First of all, myself, <laughs> because let's be honest, if I hadn't spent every waking hour juggling and worrying, none of this would be possible. <laughs> to my husband, Scott, esteemed author of international bestseller, Dishwasher Stacking Explained, for his support, and especially for never making me ask him to put his bike away more than three times each day. <laughs> What's that, Scott? Clean work shirts? Utility room. To my best friend, Vic, this award has helped me finally see that the reason you introduce me as your much older friend is because you are jealous of my achievements. But I want you to know, I forgive you. You've been with me through thick and thin. No, Vic, I don't think they need to know they were our nicknames from school. <laughs> or that it referred to our waistlines. Or that you were always the thin one. Typical. Where was I? Ah, yes. I must mention Leo. Leonardo DiCaprio, who is here tonight. <gasps> oh. 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 oh, she must be amazing. This is like so totally horrible. Leo, darling, I'm sorry I broke your heart, leaving you so damaged you could never date a woman your own age again. And, oh, wow, there it is, the stroke of midnight. 
So, as I turn 50, I stand before you as proof that an older woman can have it all. What? She's 50? Ew! Oh. She's so old! Hey! Release the clowns. And now, on Middle Earth FM, Dan Gelf will read Chapter 5 of his hard-hitting expose of what really happened in The Lord of the Rings, Sodding Hobbits. So, there we were in Rivendell, the Fellowship of the Ring, ready to lay down our lives to defeat the Dark Lord. But the fact is, not one of them would have been my first choice for the team. Even Aragorn, or, as we came to know him, Araghorn. Don't get me wrong, he's a good bloke and a great ranger, but a one-track mind. Anything in a skirt. I mean anything in a skirt. Women, she-elves, dwarves, goblins, trolls. I mean, I mean, there was this one time with a troll where they got so carried away the sun came up over the mountain and turned it to stone. Yes, took him an hour and a half to chisel himself free. Anyway, so his mind was never really on the quest. Dreadful, total liability. Then there were my tiny, brave, little, teeny, tiny friends, Hobo, Spam, Messy and Spiffing. Or, as I quickly came to know them, those sodding hobbits. What a bunch of useless... I mean, just completely, completely incompetent. We had to save them time and again, even before we got to bloody Rivendell. I mean, honestly, Hobo getting spotted in Bree and the disaster at Weathertop's not even the half of it. They'd hardly got out of the Shire when one of them nearly got eaten by a tree. I, I mean, by a tree, for goodness sake. How the hell do you manage that? Uh, of course, my tiny, brave, little, teeny, tiny friend Hobo used his creative veto to keep that out of the film adaptation. Cut it for time, my foot. It's ten hours of film. Another couple of minutes watching a moronic hobbit getting half-eaten by a tree would have been a bit of light relief. But the point is, I wouldn't have had any hobbits on the team. And especially not Spam. You, you see, what you have to remember about Spamwise Gumtree, and this is very, very important and vital to understand his character, Spamwise Gumtree is a moron. Yes, a complete imbecile who's so irredeemably stupid that he doesn't know how bloody stupid he is. And he, oh, and he burbles endlessly on about his old gaffer. Oh, oh, really, Spamwise, your old gaffer knows 47 different ways to boil a potato. How very interesting. And surely it must be a helpful nugget of information that will come in handy later in our quest to defeat evil. Oh, no, actually, come to think of it, it's tedious bollocks that's no use to anybody. Sod throwing the ring into Mount Doom, we should have just sent Spam to bore the Dark Lord to death. And if the hobbits weren't bad enough, we had to take a dwarf. 
Obviously, after my experiences with Thorin Oakenhammer and his merry band of dwarves, I'd learned my lesson and had stayed clear of the beardy little psychopaths ever since. Uh, but of course, the dwarves had to have somebody in the fellowship, and we got landed with Glumly. Bad-tempered, no sense of humour, and constantly letting off the most sour farts you've ever smelled. And no matter how often I shouted, You shall not pass, wind! He just blew off even louder than before. Damn near gassed us out in the mines of Moria. I mean, it's no wonder the Balrog tried to kill us. Taking a dwarf was positive discrimination gone mad. Mad! And then there was the inevitable elf. Now, I think we can all agree, elves are smug bastards. Always looking down at everyone with that self-satisfied smile like there's nothing anyone can do that they haven't seen before. And as I quickly discovered, the biggest smug bastard elf of the lot was Lego Brick. And he was an appalling snob, lording it over everyone like his <coughs> don't stink. Well, it does. I know, because I inadvertently trod in some on day two. Sticks to your boots like treacle. Took me a whole week to clean it off, so I wouldn't have taken him just for that. And as for Boromir, what a <coughs> hole. And that was the bunch of useless tosspots that was foisted on me to save the world. Fellowship of the Ring? I'd have been better off summoning the village people to vanquish the Dark Lord. I realised right from the moment we set off from Rivendell that if Middle-earth was going to be saved, I'd have to do it myself. And guess what? It had nothing to do with sodding hobbits. Release the clowns. And now on Radio World, Lockdown Parentis with Dim Towling. Well, here we are again. Lockdown 2. This time it's more personal ramblings from yours truly. You may be asking yourself where I was during Lockdown 1. You may have missed my tranchant insights into the strange new world we were all thrown into in March. And, believe me, I missed sharing my tranchant insights with you. But after an unexpected email from Gwyneth Paltrow, asking me to ghostwrite her autobiography, I spent the last six months working hard on her book, only to discover the email, subsequent emails, calls, flirtatious WhatsApp messages, and a gift basket of organic air essence had all been a hoax, perpetrated by my loving wife and devoted sons. Even the tortoise seemed in on the hoax, the way he chewed on his organic Monty Don's old Nigel lettuce leaves as the six-month prank was revealed to me, seemed to sound as though he was calling me by his usual derogatory epithet. Wanker, my wife said, when I announced that I would not be fooled a second time and demanded to be left unmolested by family concerns or jokes to pontificate about the second wave of this global crisis that has affected so many columnists, forced to stay at home day after day and resort to writing about the narrow world of their domestic lives. But credit to my beloved. She sweetly asked me how long I would like to be left undisturbed. A week? Two weeks? Till the end of lockdown? Whenever the hell that is, I reminded her that it was all moot during lockdown. 
none of us could go anywhere at all, other than to the park, along with everyone else. She informed me that she had formed a support bubble. I thought I was your support bubble, I replied. She laughed, a little too heartily again for my liking, and told me that Nick Knowles was all on his own, and he has done so much to help unfortunate people across the nation that it was time someone gave something back and helped him with a bit of DIY. So here I am in my deluxe boutique garden shed, designed by Bella Freud. I met her on House Party, playing Twister with Gordon Brown and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. One thing led to another, and voila! I have a beautiful shed in the style of a psilocybin mushroom, but with Wi-Fi and double glazing, so the neighbors can't hear me declaiming out loud my carefully chosen words, or the primal screams of frustration about my titanic struggle to come up with something that Mariella Frostrup hasn't already written about. Or, how about a podcast, perhaps? Many of my friends and colleagues have successfully started broadcasting, in effect, from their own expensively converted barns, lofts, sheds, sharing their own thoughts on lockdown with their world at large. I particularly enjoyed Adam Buxton's intimate chat with Louis Thoreau on the difficulty of interviewing guests in person during lockdown. While on Louis Thoreau's podcast, I thought his talk with Adam Buxton about how he'd much rather be talking to Joe Cornish was hilarious. Joe Cornish has yet to podcast, it seems, mostly because he's writing and directing the upcoming Gwyneth Paltrow biopic starring Meryl Streep. I look at the time. It's lunchtime. I look at the house. No one is in. My wife must still be giving Nick Knowles a hand. I guess... I'll have to make my own lunch. Release the clans! Hello, children. I'm going to poke a hole in this ping-pong ball and stick it on the end of my right index finger to turn my hand into a mouse. (laughs) There, you see. My other fingers are its legs. I've stuck some whiskers on now and now he's going to go for a walk across my desk. Mousy, 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 mousing around. Oh, mousy, 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 what fun have you found? I'm going to take my socks off now because sometimes I imagine that my toes are ten little piglets. I need to be careful not to fall over. Here they are, snuggling up into my carpet. Oink, oink. Little piggies, little piggies, ten in a row. Little piggies, little piggies, pink as my toes. (coughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to stick eight pipe cleaners on my nose to turn my face into a spider. (laughs) There, you see? Ouch, it's um, it's very sneezy. And if I pour salad cream in my ears and stand on my head, I look a bit like a fruit bat. <laughs> it's a me. 
amazing what a glorious mess your imagination can create when you're bored to tears. And that's sometimes what a career in the civil service is all about, isn't it, Teddy? Yes, it is. Goodbye, children. Goodbye. Release the clowns. And the dirt is gone. Here at Middle Earth FM, we knew our serialization of Dan Gelf's no-holds-barred expose, Sodding Hobbits, would ruffle some feathers. So we caught up with Fellowship Lynchpin Hobo to get his response. Oh, what a surprise. Mr. Magic shooting his gob off, blaming everyone but himself. What Dan Gelf seems to forget, right, is that it was him who insisted on having hobbits along in the first place. We've got to have a teeny tiny little hobbit along. That'll be just the thing to defeat the armies of darkness. Ring bearer my backside. He wanted an audience is all. Why else do you think he kept disappearing, eh? Ooh, I got imprisoned in a tower and had to wait for a passing bird to rescue me. Ooh, I got dragged into the pit by a balrog. Ooh, I had to ride this mighty steed all over the shop for weeks on end. Why? So he could show up and save everyone, that's why needy twat. And while he was off gadding, what was going on in his precious fellowship? Bullying, that's what, like the time Lego brick got spiff and drunk and shaved his feet. As for Aragorn, Dan Gelf don't know the half of it. Anything in a skirt? Anything with a pulse more like? Ranger danger, that's all I'm saying. To top it all off, I ends up wandering round Mordor, not even able to sleep without waking up and there's Spamroy staring at me. Creepy. All because that beardy old staff grasper needed someone around who made him feel like Charlie Big Potatoes. And now he wants to act like what he's, he says don't stink. Do me a favour, you'd want to light a big fire and leave it a couple of days before you follow him. And by the way, mate, yeah, your bum does look fat and white. Come here, boy. Yes, sir. What have you just done? I've released the clown, sir. Right. Is it on? Are, are you recording? Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise you'd started. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> okay. Uh, hello. Uh, well, first things first, which makes sense, really, doesn't it? It would be daft doing first things second. <laughs> but but I digress. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, you probably want to know a little bit about me and why I've signed up for Solo Encounters. Well, I'm Graham. Uh, that's Graham without an H and with a couple of E's, though obviously not together. There's one on either side of the M, actually. So it's quite, it's quite a different spelling from the other Graham, isn't it? Do you know what? I've never really worked out why there are the two versions. <laughs> I wouldn't be at all surprised, you know, if it all stemmed from someone mishearing the name and then liking what they thought they'd heard and then giving their child the name they thought they'd heard. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a great theory, but uh, which one came first, I hear you ask? The H-E one or the E version? Well, of course, I might be biased, but... I think that the E version makes more sense. I mean, okay, simple test. If you say the H-E one as it looks, it comes out as grey ham. <laughs> do you know, I think some Americans actually do say that, grey ham. <laughs> My version, allowing for the diphthong, is a bit more logical. 
Graham. Graham. Diphthong. There's a funny word. It's got four consonants clustered together in the middle. Quite unusual in the English language, though pretty standard in Polish, I believe. So, all right then, uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, firstly, I'd say um, I'm a pretty placid sort of bloke. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say I couldn't hurt a fly, because I have done. <laughs> well, on numerous occasions, actually. And what's more, I've killed some of them. <laughs> I mean, does a fly feel pain anyway, really? It's difficult to know, I suppose, because they can't talk. Well, apart from in that film, The Fly... Help me, help me. There was a remake, wasn't there, with Jeff Goldblum. But I think I prefer the original with Vincent Price, actually. Anyway, to be honest, I find it very difficult to feel sorry for something which spends all day tucking into dog poo. Which leads me on to my second point. Yeah, if I don't kill the fly, then it may well kill me. Or one of its descendants might. It might be a few years later... But that fly could be directly responsible for my death from food poisoning in an old people's home. So, I'm not a Buddhist. What else? Oh, yeah, I like to travel. I like nothing better than sometimes hopping on the 37 just for the hell of it. Well, you never know who else is going to be on it, do you? Oh, did I say 37? Oh, I meant 294. Oh, I'm always getting those two mixed up. Also, um, I'm a bit of a foodie. Mm. I'm salivating now at the thought of a plate of corned beef hash with peas. Oh, beg your pardon, petit pois. Mm. Delicious. And what about politics? Well, to be honest, I don't give it much thought. Well, they're all the same, aren't they? They... <laughs> Really? Oh, I had loads more. Oh, well, that's my time up, I'm afraid. Uh, I really hope you like what you saw and heard and get in touch. Release the clowns! A sudden shaft of sunlight manages to struggle past the life-size model of a ruined Big Ben my new neighbor Banksy has erected in his garden to comment on the decline of democracy. I had secretly complained to the council, of course, but it seemed Banksy had sweetened the deal by returning the copy of my complaint the mayor had forwarded to him, with an image of Donald Trump taking a poo on the queen, etched upon it in crayon. The sudden shaft of light struck the Maggie Hambling sundial on the lawn featuring a controversially naked figure of the artist herself, given to me by Maggie in return for my last column before lockdown. Why only Hambling can sculpt Wollstonecraft? My mind begins to relax, and I drift deeper into my subconscious in search of the perfect way to present my 500 words on the greatest peril facing mankind since, oh, Pokemon Go. After a very satisfying sweet potato and jambon alfalfa frittata with extra butter sauce, ordered online from Nigella Lawson's new pop-up takeaway shop, Deliver Voo, so clever. I return to my desk to ponder the Herculean task of composing 500 words before money for nothing. Jay Blades once restored my banjo. He had daringly sacrificed function for form, painted neon orange, it looked amazing, but was only really fit 
for slicing giant ostrich eggs, which he also sold to me at a bargain price of one hundred pounds a dozen. Under normal circumstances, I would be zorbing with Jay Rayner or playing badminton with Billie Eilish. But no, thanks to COVID, or Cuvid, as everyone seems to be pronouncing it now, those days are over, or over, but hopefully not for Ivor. The columnist has to be in the world to write about the world, as I said to Salman Rushdie on Zoom last night over mojitos and cribbage. My wife calls. It seems that Nick Knowles, personal builders, uncles, grandmothers, opticians, Quinoa delivery drivers, best friends, online psychotherapist, cat, has COVID. And so my chosen one has no choice but to quarantine for two weeks. I ask her why she doesn't quarantine at home. After she stops laughing, she hangs up. 500 words on DIY? A sudden barrage of noise, shouting and laughing and swearing, drill music. Or is that just a drill? My sons have returned with about 200 of their friends. One of them stumbles drunkenly towards Maggie Hambling to embrace her lewdly. He slips and knocks her from her pedestal of gin bottles, shattering the great artist's likeness into a thousand pieces just like my concentration. I exhale through gritted teeth and select the most calming music from my Spotify playlist. Sandy sings Sinatra at the Sands. The tortoise looks at me as if to say, be dooby doo bop ba dum dum Wanker. Take two clowns into the shower, not me. I just release the clowns and go. As the sodding hobbit storm gathers pace, Middle Earth FM spoke to none other than the Dark Lord himself. Here's what he had to say. That Dan Galf is bare-faced, you know, coming like he's some big man, like he beat me single-handed or something. He is gassy and bruv. The fellowship man then give me jokes, you know. Just some hench geezers and all these hobbits stumbling around all mash up on pipeweed and tin. And he's acting like he's my mortal enemy and that with his dumb cracker doom plan. I'm like, rah, Dangolf, are you dizzy, blood? You ain't no nemesis, so stop whining like a little... You know what I'm saying? He's right about hobbits, though. They are stupid, bro. True say I had to deal with orcs, what is so dumb they start killing each other just because they get bored. And I still nearly won. Them hobbits couldn't even outsmart Gollum. Gollum! Breda lives in a hole, but them waste man hobbits couldn't shake him. You know how Dangalf won? Someone tripped. It wasn't even one of his crew. Gollum tripped. Fell in the crack of doom. Game over. That's not a plan, you know. I had a plan. I wasn't just waiting around till someone got clumsy. It gets me bare vexed, you know. Makes me feel very unself-empowered. Real talk, 
I ain't been able to plan world domination since. Can't even dominate this glade. Watch this. Yo, birds, be my eyes in the world and that, you feel me? See? Nothing. Sodding hobbits. Release the Clown starred Holly Meachin, Phil Nice, Casper Michaels, Karen Morden, Alex Marion, Gemma Layton, Nick Hildred, Martin Hyder, Phil Relands, and Simon Edwards. It was written by Alex Marion, Nick Hildred, Zoe Brown, Alf Oldman, Simon Littlefield, Phil Nice, and Martin Hyder. By social media, Best Boy is Dan Willis, and the Gappers are Nick Hildred and Alex Marion. Now, if you're happy that we finally got our act together to make new material and have launched season four, then why not tell everyone you know all about us? Whether you're in Nantucket or Nebraska, Tooting or Tashkent, spread the word about our show and spread a little happiness too. Just drop us casually into conversation or tweet about us or mention us in all your Christmas cards. That way, we can bring fun to even more people and you'll get a warm glow knowing you're bringing laughter to people you like. Ah, see you in two.